Please keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourselves and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we check in with our desires and exercise our creative minds as we listen to our lovely guests share their most personal details, all in an effort to take over the world with love and sexiness so that taking care of each other is once again the norm. Our guest today is a 27-year-old Mexican-American woman who is not completely straight. She's monogamously partnered and has been with her partner for eight years. She's into edging, mouth foreplay, and is still exploring and becoming more open. She's an artist who is a server to pay the bills originally from California. She now lives in Missouri. Welcome, Josie. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited. And I just want to say thank you for creating a safe place, good place to have me talk. I'm so excited to have you here and I cannot wait to hear your details. Can you please start off by telling our listeners if you had to rate yourself today on a sexual shame meter with 10 being so full of shame and one being not so full of shame, where do you fall right now? I would say probably around like a three or four, maybe a little bit less shameful recently. <laughs> Can you say a couple words why? Well, after I think I discovered your uh, podcast a couple months ago and during like that time, I bought my first vibrator. And I started getting like all of my favorite tattoos and that just like made me like want to look at my body more. Ooh. And so whenever I was like having sex with my partner and like, we we're like making love and all the good stuff, I just wanted him to look at me. Like I actually like had my eyes open, which is like pretty normal, like open them, close them. But then I was like, no, I want you to really look at me. So that's just been more of like the recent part of like this year. Awesome. Is that a little snapshot of what your sex life is like right now? Yeah, actually, it's very comforting, very loving. It's a little bit awkward because I'm still trying to figure out what he's into, but he's more shy than I am. And he just laughs at all the dirty stuff. So I'm like, let's get serious, okay. but we can still laugh. I know I have a higher sex drive than he does. So, I mean, <laughs> I didn't realize it would be that way in my relationship with a guy. So yeah, it, it is. And I just accept him for that. Okay. Yeah. I can relate to that. And then can you tell us, before a couple months ago, before you got to a three or a four on the shame meter where were mm. you before then? Like, what would you say your baseline shame meter was in the last, I don't know, however many years of your life? So shame-wise, I would say it was about probably like a six or seven. Okay. I don't really know how to explain it other than I didn't like looking at myself and I didn't really understand, like what my body was supposed to feel like mm. me being in, in this meat sack, like yeah. how yeah. that's supposed to, how I'm supposed to feel about it. Okay. Can you just give us a little feel for what your artwork is like? So my artwork, I do paintings and sculptures. And in the recent years, I graduated last year. And in that last year, I really just meshed the, self-portrait idea with sculpture and with painting mm. and they're really dark so a lot of everything I do I think is a self-portrait okay. so whether it like stems from me like putting string on paper which I like to thread through mm. or taping up cardboard boxes for a sculpture and I still see it as a self-portrait beautiful can you take us back to your early years and tell us when you first remember hearing about sex and what you remember feeling or thinking about it? 
So the first time I heard about sex, I would have to say maybe fourth or fifth grade. They had like this dare class that everybody went to the D-A-R-E. Yep. They had the boys separated from the girls and they showed us the video. And after that, they gave us like this little tiny bag that you would get from like the dentist's office filled of like toothbrushes and deodorants. And I can't remember what else is in there. But I just remember sitting on the playground looking at this bag like, what am I supposed to do with this? They didn't like all they told us was you're going to need it. And I don't remember what else I'm supposed to. I don't even remember what was in half the bag, but I was sitting there and they had all the kids get together at, right after the assembly was done. So everybody had all these questions and they were all giggling towards each other. And I was sitting on the playground drawing because I was always to myself drawing. And this kid comes up and goes, oh, why are you drawing a wiener? And I'm like, I'm not drawing a wiener. I'm drawing a belt, this part of this guy's pants because I was just really into drawing people's clothes. Yeah. And I was like, is he talking about the wiener I just saw in the assembly? Because he had maybe just learned a different word, how to say penis, I guess. Right. And I was thinking like, it's not a wiener. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really silly. Wait, so it sounds like your sex ed was mixed with your drug education? Like your like, don't do drugs was, was mixed up with your sex talk in school? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they just did it all in one day. <laughs> wow. Okay. And you grew up in California? Yeah, so I grew up um, in Los Angeles, California. I guess, like, after moving into Missouri, like, listening to all the other girls talking about their grade school experience, they didn't get to talking about sex ed here, like, in Missouri until they were probably in college. And it just drove me wild because I was like, they didn't teach you about your body or anything? Okay. Like, tampons, pads, like, I don't know. I felt really bad for them because I was like, I was aware of it. When I was in grade school, so by the time I got my period in, like, sixth grade, I was prepared for it. Okay. And what was the tone in your family like? Were they open about sex? Did you get a sex talk from your parents? So my mom was a single mom. She had boyfriends on and off. She was married briefly a couple times, so there wasn't really, like, a father figure around. So my mom had to work all the time, so she had some time for me, but not a lot. But she did, like, hand me a book and was like, oh, I want you to read this. This is something you need to know. And it was very, like, formal. And I guess it didn't feel negative, but at the same time, it didn't feel positive. Because I know how awkward that can be. So I just kind of remember going through all the pictures of all these little cartoon drawings and, you know, thick hair legs on, like, some skating girl's leg leg. And Mm. it was just very, like, storybook-like. And so it made me feel like it wasn't real. (laughs) I kind of held on to that book for a while, but I guess after moving, I lost it. But I only had it for a short time. And that was in grade school as well. So I think maybe fourth or fifth grade. Okay. I had that book. And did you learn anything from any friends or did you have any siblings or other people who sort of taught you like on the streets, not necessarily in a lesson more about sex? No, not really. I mean, I had lived with my mom and I have a younger sister and two older brothers. So we were always in these 
really tiny apartments, two bedrooms and all these kids. And there were other cousins around because all our family was in California and they were going through puberty at a different time. So by the time they were kind of done with it, I was starting it Mm. and I would just kind of hear things like, oh, I can't believe you're wearing this kind of bra or you look better with this top and hide your bra. And I was just like, okay. So I, I only picked it up around, like nobody came up to me and was like, all right, we're going to help you out. It was more of like, whenever it's happening, (laughs) if it's an emergency, we'll come to you. But I I really did feel like I was on my own for most part of it. But, you know, my mom did buy me the pads and tampons when I asked for them. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear any messages about consent when you were learning about sex in school or anywhere else? Uh, No, I didn't learn about consent. Nobody ever straight up told me this is my body. Nobody is allowed to do this or that. And you have full control of it. Like nobody ever gave me that kind of like talk. I only heard things from my aunties and my mom to watch out for bad men. Mm. And my mom was always on this like survival mode. So she'd be like, all right, we're going to your aunts. If any strange man comes up to you, just run away and come to me. Don't let them touch you on on your underwear area. And I was like, okay. And that was it. And that was Whoa. literally like everywhere we went, she would just tell me that. Okay. Yeah. So it went from like, <laughs> it went from like zero to a hundred. Yeah. Okay. So when did you start exploring your own body? So I started exploring my body fairly young. I was probably in like sixth or seventh grade. Okay. I would like take pictures of my boobs on my little flip phone mm-hmm. and my mom would see it because she, you know, there's no privacy when you're trying to raise all these kids and you want to know what they're up to yeah. and I would get yelled at and I was like you're not allowed to do that that's too sexual and some of them were like with my top on uh-huh. and I was just kind of like curious yeah so I was like okay well I guess looking at myself naked's not a good idea okay so yeah I was gonna say what did it feel like to hear that you were too sexual like did it feel sexual to take pictures of your boobs or what did your 12 year old ish brain understand do you remember I kind of don't remember yeah. what exactly what I felt during then. I just remember being curious because, like, I was like, okay, well, I have these fingers and I have these toes and I have these ears and I have these boots. And I was just like, okay. And then I put a top on and I noticed, you know, my, my mom would always joke that my boobs are growing, my boobs are growing. And I was like, okay, thanks. Like, she would say it in front of my brothers, be lighthearted and joking, and I would get really uncomfortable because I'm like, please draw attention to my boobs. Like, I I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Were you ever to say stuff like that to her? Was she sort of just like, oh, it's fine. Like, what was the, what was the feeling like in your household? I feel like my mom wanted to be playful and laugh about it and joke about it, but I didn't take it that way. And as I was developing and as I was learning what my period was, that was when I was molested by another kid. So... Just like not knowing what sex was and not really understanding what consent was. And that's when like another kid had molested me. And I didn't really understand that I was molested until probably until I got to college and talked to other people about it. What was that like for you? So I don't know how this person found me. And I don't know how we became friends, but it was about sixth grade. and. I guess she wanted to hang out with me and spend the night at my house. And she had like a younger brother who liked me. So they would come over because I had two brothers, a younger sister. My cousins would come over. So they would come over to hang out with my family. And 
I guess I was like, okay, well, I have a friend and I went to summer school and she went to summer school with me. And I was like, all right, well, this is my friend. Well, I guess one weekend, and this is still about sixth or seventh grade. So this is like me just learning what a penis and vagina was, but nobody talking to me about consent. Nobody, like, I'm not allowed to take pictures of my bra and my mom telling me that, you know, watch out for strange men that, you know, creep on kids. So I wasn't expecting for somebody like that to come through as another child. Mm. And I was really confused because since I wasn't taught about it, I was just like also scared. So like, I understand now that when I'm afraid, I shut down. And when somebody asks me a question, I shut down. So for me to like go through that molestation and I can't figure out in my head if it's been a year that was it was happening or if it was two months like I the the time gap for that is just lost so what was it like looking back on that experience with this new context once you got to college and realized that it sort of maybe had this other molesty texture well I think I was like really upset at first like I had already moved out of my parents house um, and I'm living here with my boyfriend. So I was already in that like committed, comfortable relationship. Yeah. And I'm still learning about what my body was going through. Cause mm-hmm. all of that was like, it feels like it was lagged, but I was so angry because I'm like, well, that explains why I was cutting myself, why I was like fooling around with other boys, why I was so in like fight or flight mode for mm-hmm. like the end of middle school to like my whole high school. And it just kind of like answered a lot of questions, but it also just made me really angry that I was asking for help and I didn't realize I was and nobody would help me because I was like giving attitude or just being like angry. And if another adult was witnessing that, like whether it be like aunt or uncle, it's like, oh, you need to be more respectful of your mom. Mm. You know, she's a single mom. You need to be. So I like didn't want to put that stuff on my mom because she was already like, she would cry to me about her boyfriends and cry to me about like her divorces and tell me about these guys she was with. And I'm still in like middle school. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but I feel for you that that sucks because you're sad. So I'm like, I can't really add another sad thing to your plate because I don't want to hurt my parents. Yeah. But I was still upset because I was thinking now, like I have a younger sister who's 12 and who's also going through changes. And if she came to me with that, even with all the shit I have going on, I would not be bothered that she came to me. Right, right. But if I'm hearing you, it sounds like you felt as a young person, like you just couldn't be a burden. And so you kept this, this thing to yourself. Yeah. And it was really fucked up is that I thought at the time that even though like, I didn't like what was going on. I thought it made me older and more mature that I had a sexual experience. Even in like high school, I was like, yeah, I've been with a girl before, but I wouldn't say it. And like when these high school boys that were older than me were trying to, you know, hang out with me or make out with me, even the girls too, like the girls were worse than the boys in high school. Like they would try to kiss me and I would tell them I'm not interested and they would force it. And I'm just like, I really don't want to be your friend anymore. So it was like, I felt like I was like handled a lot, either like by kids my age or like by other adults that were just like, well, I don't know how to deal with you. So I'm just going to push you that way. Mm. And even like my teachers were the same way. Like, Oh, you're having a problem. Go sit in the corner, go sit outside. Okay. And that was like my whole high school experience. Wow. Were you a problem kid in high school? Like a problem kid labeled by teachers or or what was that like? 
I wouldn't pay attention. And when they asked me questions, I tell them I didn't know, or I would start crying in class because I was really frustrated. And that's when I would get in trouble. Wow. Which is crazy to me. Like, I want to be an art instructor. And if a person's having a hard time, I would feel that. And I wouldn't tell them to stop being a nuisance and go outside. Like, Okay, so you got a lot of messages that were just sort of like, how did they make you feel? Unimportant? abandoned like I don't want to put words in your mouth but it sounds like you had a lot of really strong experiences that were like they made me feel really numb I felt like if somebody was being kind to me I didn't believe it because I feel like it would lead to something bad to me so if somebody was mean to me I would be like all right well I'm used to that I know how to handle a person who's being that way to me and either I would just get angry with them because it worked for me or I would just leave so if it was like a friend or like a neighbor, like if anybody was nice or mean to me, I would just break it off (laughs) pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So when the experience with that other young person happened, did you have a relationship with your own body and your own self yet? Like a physical sexual relationship at that point? Or was that formative? That happened. I started experimenting on myself after that happened. Oh, wow. So this person, I would probably just call him like a kid you know, but to me, they were older, even though we were the same age, the experience was that person was more mature because they were having sex in my head. So what they were always instigating and always like pushing on me was the older person's actions in my head. Mm. So I felt like I was just being like taking control of, and I've never once initiated contact. Like that person was the only one that would come to me, like physically start things. Right. And that's when I started feeling like not in my body, which I I learned was dissociation, Mm -hmm. um, like a coping mechanism, which explains why I would never pay attention to anything that was happening in school. You know, like being at home with your family and going to school are two big things when you're a kid. But when the molestation was happening, I didn't feel anything. I think that was just something my body was blocking out because I didn't understand, like, I didn't know what sex was. I didn't know what eating out was. I didn't know what fingering was. I didn't know, like, I knew a tampon's been in you. And our school had said, if you put a tampon in, you're still a virgin. And they just left it at that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So my education on that was (laughs) not thorough. Yeah. Can you walk us through, in whatever detail feels comfortable to you, your early experiences, and I don't know if it's useful to look back on them through the lens of what I've learned since my kind of like adult understanding of these, but you taught, you gave us kind of a quick overview, but what formatively stood out for you as you developed into a sexual being? Can you just walk us through your story? Let's see. So I was with a boyfriend in high school, like it was my first serious boyfriend. And I still was in that whole state of I don't care about my body. Just do whatever you want to it. You know, you want to kiss up on me and everything. I'll let you because I'm just used to that happening. So if I had a friend and they wanted to do something to me, I feel like I couldn't say no. I would just let them. I let this guy finger me in the park because I thought he was cute. And then the next day at high school, he wasn't talking to me. So then that led to me finding another boy that was my age because this guy was older. So Mm. I was looking for another boy that was my age that I could be with because I wanted a friend, but I only knew how to have boyfriends. And I was sexually aggressive on him. Like during school, I would just 
you know, touch him in like his backside. And then I would go over to his house in the morning to fool around with him. And then I would go to school all day. And then one day I just broke it off with him because I was like, okay, we're done. Like, that's what happens, I guess. Like we did all this. There's nothing more. Like I didn't have sex with him, but I did everything but have sex with him. And that was probably in my sophomore year. So yeah, after, after a couple of those incidents, I wouldn't really call them relationships because they were more just like, I don't care that's still in the, I don't care about my body. Just we're doing, we're just doing things and I'll let you take the wheel or I'll keep driving it forward until I understood what happened, you know, when it like, cause I always had the question, like, why would this girl like come to me and want me to do things to her and her do things to me. Like why? Mm -hmm. So in high school, when the boys were like, Oh, Hey, I like you. I like you. I'm like, all right, well, I like you too. So we'll just, you know, keep it going. I guess Mm -hmm. I had fooled around with a couple other boys. It was usually guys. Like I think girls just like scared me because they were really aggressive Mm -hmm. about their sexuality. And I wasn't there yet. I was just like, I'll just wait till I get comfortable with someone. And if he wants to do something with me, we'll do it. So yeah, I was in the relationship with this one guy for a year and he was my downstairs neighbor and I would drink and smoke to the point of blacking out or crawling under a table, half crying and sleeping. And that was normal for like my normal routine um, because I didn't want to be home and I didn't want to be around my mom and we didn't have a really good relationship because either she was there, but And she had like a boyfriend over or she was still dealing with her alcoholism or she was at work. So it's like, I don't want to be this family. I'm going to go find a different family. And something I found myself doing was having a boyfriend just to be with their family. Mm. Like I would get close with their mom and have a really good time. And like, I would really enjoy just like getting to know everybody. But then, you know, I just didn't really see it as serious, but I broke it off. So this boyfriend that I was serious with, I was friends with his brothers and so was my sister. And I think like he was the first one to actually want me to be okay and was like really careful and was like making sure I was okay with everything Mm. that we were doing like kissing and touching and we would sleep together. So I would sleep on his couch. We were cramped on like a really tiny couch and I was like 18. So I was really small because I just didn't really like eating and I smoked a lot Mm. and drank a lot as a teen. So I was really, really tiny, but he was like three years older than me. So I thought he was so grown up. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought he was such an adult. Yep. So yeah, like he was the first one to actually be patient with me. And, you know, I, I didn't let him do anything. We kind of did things together. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we're going to kiss. We're going to like mouth play. We're going to like, touch each other and we used to sneak out in the middle of the night and make out and then I would sneak back upstairs yeah so that was really fun but he ended up breaking up with me a year later because he had met somebody else who's older who wanted to actually have sex because I was like I don't want to have sex but I'll do everything but have sex okay what was the texture of you doing all of these things with him? Was it fun for you or was it still this feeling of like, oh, he's a person I care about, so I'll do it? Or was it some sort of like blend? I was still like sexually motivated, but at the same time, it was comfortable because of how sweet he was. Mm. Like he wasn't one to like push my head down or like grab my arms or like make me do things like yeah. without asking. Like I remember before we started anything, I was standing in his mom's room because his mom's apartment was also a two bedroom and they had three boys living there, like Mm -hmm. two of his 
younger brothers and then him. So they would have one boy's room and then his mom's room. So we were in his mom's room while she was at work and we had decided like, let's both take off our clothes and show each other what we look like. It was very like innocent, but it was like, it was kind of like me, like being comfortable in my body with this person who I trusted. Yeah. So we did that. And I, I just thought it was really fun. And then we started making out and his brother walked in cause there was no locks cause the apartments were so right, cheap right. and I had to hide under a pillow and it was really awkward cause there was no sheets that I could go under. So I just oh, had this pillow God. over me and his brother's asking me all these dumb questions. And I'm like, I'm like half naked. <laughs> and it was kind of cringy thinking about it now cause their brothers knew what we were doing, but they were also really young. So I mm. feel like maybe I Guard them somehow. Oh no! <laughs> Just by being experimental with somebody who was consenting with me, right. and not that I ever like flashed them or showed them a piece of me, but they like could hear things, you know. Got it. So I kind of regret that, but at the same time, I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah, well, it's that's a lot of pressure to put on your past self that really was also, it sounds like, just doing her best. To survive and take care of herself, too, you know, yeah. and, and get her emotional needs met and physical needs met. So how did things go from there? How did you get into the relationship you're in now? When did you start to kind of explore your own body in a way that felt like you were in charge of it? So I think I didn't really feel like as in charge of my body until I was in a relationship with my now boyfriend. Okay. I'm trying to think. Oh, I I did want to mention that uh, I wanted to backtrack into why I wasn't comfortable in my body. Since my mom had these boyfriends and she was breaking up with them, she had one serious boyfriend that lived with us. And I dated his son my sophomore year. So I dated his son for the summer and I didn't like him. So I broke up with him. But my mom ended up meeting his dad and... The dad ended up moving in with all of us because my mom wanted to pay all the bills. So I, she had asked me if it was okay, and I told her no. I wasn't really comfortable with it. So here is this oh. kid that I did wanted nothing to do with, and he was living with me with my two brothers and my sister, with my mom and our new boyfriend in this two-bedroom apartment. So my room was the living room, okay, and my brothers had their own room because there was now three of them and my mom had her own room and he would ask me if he could touch me. And I always said, no, he would watch porn in the living room. And I always just pretended I didn't see. And my brothers were also watching porn, but they were more secretive about it, but he would watch it because we had like one family computer and he would watch it while I was around. And he was like acting like I didn't know. And at the same time, my mom's boyfriend was really abusive and would beat on her. And mm. I was at that age where I was like, fuck you. You can't tell me what to do. I hate all of you guys for being yeah. pieces of shit. Yeah. He would yell at me for the clothes that I was wearing and to go change. So I'd be standing outside because, you know, California gets hot in the summer. Yep. And so he would be on like the lawn or something with the neighbors, look at me, yell at me to go back inside. While at the same time, his son's asking to touch me like all the time. Horrible. And we Yeah. So whenever we moved to a new apartment with them, we all had to share a room. So it was me, my two brothers, this other guy and my sister all in one room. And at nighttime, the boyfriend and my mom would have sex. Like I would hear my mom have sex a lot. Oh, wow. And I don't think she knows that we know 
but she did have like a lot of drinking problems. So she admits to like, now she's gotten better and she's cleaned off from it. Like, and I'm so proud of her for like getting all that together. But during that time I was dating the guy downstairs. So that's how I met him. Cause we moved and he was just my neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So like, really fucked up and I was I am still upset with my mom but I've never talked to her about it okay yeah so that's why I was like I don't feel comfortable in my body because like how does somebody want to do this to me but at the same time another man is telling me to change my clothes like I was really confused totally so that yeah like the guy downstairs that was my trusting boyfriend just gave me that like open loving sort of relationship that I was like looking for but at the same time I wanted him to take care of me like a dad mm-hmm. would yep, yep. yeah wow. did you have any private time to be with your own self and your body like were you able to have a sexual relationship with yourself at all or was it mostly with that no. boyfriend okay the only times I ever had like sexual encounters it was either being hidden or it was forced on me so me being in my body I didn't even think about it as my body wow so that's why a lot of my work questions, like, where is my home and where is my body at? Like, when I think about my childhood, I don't think about my home at all. Mm. And I only just think about, like, the events that happen in each house, but I don't factor those into being my home. Yeah. So you mentioned a recent shift in your body that you yeah. have, like, you just yeah. had some tattoos and you were feeling good about oh, it. Yeah. So, like, that's, I think that's, like, a decade from from that to now. So just, will you like fill in the gaps about your body journey? So my body journey, whenever we moved out here, I was very excited to not be in California anymore because a lot of bad memories. I had my own room with my sister, so I can actually have my own. We had twin beds Mm -hmm. and I was about 17 whenever we moved out here and I was still smoking and I was like, I smoked and I did it because I liked it, not because I felt like I was escaping something. So it was so quiet in Missouri that I actually had like moments to think to myself and reflect like, who do I want to be? How do I want to do this shit? Like, where do I want to go? But I didn't really feel comfortable in my home until I was comfortable with my mom's boyfriend. Mm. And he became my dad. Like, I was so afraid to agree with him because he was another man or disagree with him because I would be vulnerable either way. So I was just shutting him out. And I think after a while I was like, all right, well, he's not doing anything bad to us and he actually cares about us. So I just let myself be open to him. And I think the more I was drawing to connect with my family, like I would draw these pictures and share it with them. And I would draw things during the holidays. And I was like, okay, well, I can actually be like a safe human being. Mm. And I can actually like love and appreciate the skill that I have and share it with my family. And I can actually like embrace it, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think after like two years after we lived here in Missouri, that's when I met my boyfriend. And then when we started dating, he was showing me like, oh, let's go on this date. Let me buy you this thing. And let me buy your movie ticket. Let me get you a gift. I'm like, why would you do any of that? Like, I don't deserve any of that. Like, Mm. I didn't do anything but just sit here. Like, what makes me so special? And he would just tell me like, well, you deserve it. You know, I just feel like your brother's the only don't let you like keep anything of your own and they eat everything. And, you know, it's have to share every part of me. Like when you're poor with a bunch of people living in your house, like you have 
no like body autonomy what is it autonomy yeah yeah because the soap the uh food the trash like everything is being rationed and accumulated it's Mm. leaving it's going my food was coming from pantries like with the way i was feeding myself was only out of necessity and I didn't want to eat as much to take away from them. So I wouldn't eat. Wow. So I just didn't like being in my body because I thought it was annoying that I had to eat. And I was just like, I'm just not going to eat then. Yeah. So I didn't really start feeling normal until I made friends with my boyfriend and he wanted me to just be myself with him. And I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'll actually go out to dinner with you and finish a plate of food, not just pretend I'm not hungry. And wow. that took a really long time to be comfortable to like eat in front of somebody. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cause like all of our meals were just at home. It was as big as it can get and it had some flavor to it. It was pretty good. And on special nights, my mom would make enchiladas, but that was it. Yeah. It was a lot of plain foods or pantry foods. And my mom would have me take extra bread to the car. So I felt like I was taking more than I was allowed to, mm. but I also felt like I wasn't allowed to nourish my body. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's huge. Thank you for sharing those details with us. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Can you tell us how all of that affected your sexual being? Yeah, I did not feel sexual at all. I would masturbate a lot, but only just to feel good really? for a little bit. Okay. My mom's friend had gifted us Kindles for Christmas mm-hmm. and I would watch my mom's friend's kids because they were drinking and that's how it's always been even when wow. I was a teenager. So I was doing shit for my parents all day or I was isolating myself because I didn't know how to be comfortable. So at nighttime when I had this new Kindle, I would just watch porn at night and I would try to like silently masturbate in the shower in my bed. Wait, you can watch porn on a Kindle? I could at the time. I think it was like 2014. It was like one of those Kindle fires. Yeah. Okay. So what would you watch? I know it was just really like aggressive sex. Just anything. I would just click on anything. Wow. And I think at that time I was in, I had to repeat my senior year. Mm -hmm. So I must have been 18. Okay. I had already fooled around guys and I didn't really care. And I was just touching myself just to do it and listening to your podcast with another woman talking about self-soothing. It sounds exactly like what I was doing. Mm, Like I was just doing it to feel something. Can you tell us the details of what your physical body likes? Like what, what were you doing and were you coming then? And has it changed? Has your masturbation changed since then? I don't think, no, I wasn't, I didn't orgasm until I was with my boyfriend. Okay. So I would just do it for the pleasure of just the outside stimulation on the, on the top, because whenever that girl had made me like do things to her, she was like, Oh, I just wanted in this spot. I just wanted in this spot. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'm gonna get like super graphic, but she would have me eat her out while she was on her period. And she would have me finger her while she was on her period. And any other time, that she would grab me she would just make me do things to her. So in my mind, I'm laying in my bed, like that's the only person I know who's had a sexual experience. And I'm not thinking of this consciously, but I only knew to do it on the outside. So I would just do that until I got tired and just went to sleep. Okay. Yeah. And that's when I was underweight and I wasn't eating and I was smoking too much and I was just trying to hide, you know, and then my mom would yell at me like, you're too thin, you're too thin. You shouldn't be starving yourself. And I would just be crying in the bathroom 
we only had two bathrooms and I was like really stressed out all the time. So I would go in the bathroom and just cry or I would throw up in the shower or if I felt like I ate too much, I would throw up in my trash can Mm. or I would just touch myself until I felt better. Like I only did it, I think just to cope with a lot of changes that were going on at that time. Yeah. Yeah. How do you touch yourself now? So now I usually wait till I feel good, like I'm in a good mood. Mm -hmm. So that's like something I didn't really understand that I could do until a couple years ago. Because I would touch myself while my boyfriend is in me. Or I would touch myself in front of my boyfriend just to get things going. So it was really fun and it was very consensual. But yeah, now I kind of make it like just a fun thing to do. Are you more (laughs) like outside, inside? Do you use toys? What are the most sensitive parts and like what actually makes you orgasm? So I really like watching porn before I start touching myself. So I watch a lot of podcasts of older women talking about their experience with their husbands or how they like to pleasure themselves or their husbands. So I would get like all these ideas from women twice my age. And I'm like, that sounds like something I can do. And I felt the empowerment and I felt like they had control over their bodies and they seemed really satisfied. And I feel like masturbating to me is separate from having sex with my boyfriend sometimes. So I really like watching because I'm such a visual. I didn't realize this, but I'm a really visual person with like memories. Like not everybody thinks the same. Like if I say apple, I could see an apple where other people don't. Yep, yep. So I, I just like, learned that that was a thing recently, like a yeah, couple of weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, wait, people don't see the pictures? Like, right. Yeah, yeah. And I really like really huge dicks, but I don't <laughs> like them on really aggressive guys. I like them on sweet-looking yeah. guys. Yeah. My boyfriend is so sweet-looking. Like, I have just a sweet spot for those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. But I like watching... Porn. I think one of my favorite porn stars is Owen Gray, and he has these amazing tattoos. And I had recommended it to my friends because after watching your podcast, I'm like, I could talk about sex with my girlfriends, right? Yeah. So we started a group chat and we talk about porn and we talk about kinks and we just like talk about, you know, do we like getting cummed in or cummed on or, yeah. you know, what's our favorite position? What do we do with our, you know, guys or boyfriends? That's fantastic. So just, yeah, thank you. And this is like this year we started that group chat, but we have been friends for a couple years because of work. So after I find my favorite porn star and I find my favorite porn, like he always makes sure like the woman is being pleasured before he goes in her. And he usually used like a vibrator on her while he's in her. So that's why I bought one because like that looks like a really good idea. But the one that I bought, my boyfriend's hand, like his hands are too big for it, which turns me on. But he can't hold it in the right position because <laughs> his hands are too big. Uh-huh. And he's like six foot three. And oh, wow. I'm like five three. So he's oh, a whole wow. Foot. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> yeah. Does he pick you up? How is that? What's that like? Yeah, so, so I used to give him like these koala hugs. And <gasps> while we were first dating, I would just ask for a koala hug. And have, he would just walk around and, and I would just be hug, holding him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And 69 is great. Because I my torso is long enough for my I can like get on his like penis. Yeah. Well, like I'm you know just my butt and everything is right on there. his face. Yeah. Yes. So I'm like the perfect torso length. It's just my legs are short, so mm-hmm. I'm like thankful for that. The only thing is we 
can't really have shower sex because of the height difference. Okay, okay. And he's a really big dude, so our showers are like pretty small because it's apartment. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, going back to the porn, yeah, I'll watch them get off, and I would like literally like orgasm just from watching. Wow. And I'm like really sensitive. And I didn't realize how sensitive I was. Wait, like, I thought just from watching, like you don't touch yourself. Yeah. No, just from watching. Whoa. Yeah. I had no idea that was a thing. And I think now since I'm 27, whenever I was practicing for play and sex earlier, I was probably still developing because it just wouldn't hit me the same. Like my boyfriend would try for like 30 minutes of just like touching me, fingering me, like putting his mouth on me. He would just, this poor guy was so tired. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And then nothing. And I just had a like trial and error, trial and error. And it was even worse. Cause we always like, whenever we first started practicing on each other, cause I'm, oh yeah, I took his virginity. Like I'm the only girl he's ever been with like okay. every which way. This is your current so, partner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was more of like, let's try this. Let's try that. And he was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he was just happy go lucky just to do it. Wow. And I was like, all right, cool. So I didn't really like my orgasms have changed in the last, like, I think it's going to be eight years in August. Okay. Yeah. So in the first three years, we were trying all sorts of things. And then now I can just orgasm by like watching the porn, which is crazy. To, like now that I'm wow. saying it out loud, it's crazy. I mean, that's wild. And I'm so happy for you. And also, you know, you started out by telling us that you have to be in a good mood to masturbate. And so I'm curious, do you notice that your mood affects your entire sexual self on the regular? I think it does. Like I can't initiate sex or anything unless I'm like a hundred and like 10% like happy. Like if I'm frustrated, okay. I, I can't orgasm. Yeah. Like, cause I'm thinking too much about what's frustrating me, my body, since I have that like shutdown mode, mm -hmm. I just shut down. Like if I feel stressed out about a specific thing or for having a problem or issue, I can't have sex unless we yeah. talk about it. What's bothering me. I think I'm just like really attuned to my emotions after being in art school and talking about yeah. all the shit that I went through. Like I have to, as an artist, you know, you have to be aware of your senses of what you're looking at, how you're feeling in order to connect with yourself while you're making work. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like really sensitive to those kinds of like thoughts and feelings that are going on in my body. Yeah. So I definitely, whenever I'm masturbating, it's more for fun and it's more of like exercising and stretching. And then it's like, wow, amazing. It feels good after like it's got the woo explosion part, you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And then having sex with my partner is like the love making. Like I want him on me. I want him around me. I want him in me. We don't really have a routine, but we have like favorite things to do. Like if we have 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, if we have a couple hours, like he is really happy to go down on me and I would make out with him, get him hard. And then I have him go down on me because I'm so sensitive from all the making out that we just start going for it. I'm just trying to think what else do we do? So wait, first though, will you tell us the details of how you like him to go down on you? Like what specifically do your lady parts like? So I really like to be held because mm -hmm. he's so big and mm -hmm. he has like a beautiful hairy chest and he's got big arms. Like he's just a cuddly guy. So I like to be held because I like to feel strong he is. Yeah. And then I like him to go down on me. And I recently discovered I like it whenever he holds my hips at the, yeah. it's kind of a 
hard to describe like the top parts of my hips, but I like for him to push me down a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. while he's eating me out. So I like feel like he's consuming me mm. and it just feels so like accepting that I have all these parts down there that just get engorged in his mouth. Like he has a pretty big head, so he's pretty big mouth Amazing. and it's awesome. Yeah. So I, I think it's like funny because sometimes he'll kiss me down there like he's making out with me. And then sometimes he'll dig in there. Okay. And he's really good at like paying attention to my body. So if I kind of arch my back a little bit, he'll kind of like put his head more towards the clit or the bean on the top. Yeah. And then if I kind of move back a little bit, like he can kind of feel the shift in my weight. So he'll start tongue me if like lower near my hole, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but he just kind of goes back and forth okay. with his mouth. But I definitely love all of it. That's like, great. And do you like fingers it, as well? Or are you like more of a just the mouths and then fingers are separate? Or does it just depend on the day? I think fingers are here and there where I'm not like turned on by getting just only fingered. Okay. So I kind of like a variation. So I like it whenever he's eating me out. And then if he's fingering me, he's not eating me out. And then I'm like wanting him to eat me more. Got it. So waiting for it. And then and then I'm trying to think here because there's so many like visuals in my head of like what we do. Because every time it's just so different, but it's all amazing. Yeah. And after he's like eating me out and after it's like, I think I've orgasmed in his mouth a couple times. It's kind of hard for me to do just because. I like the penetration so much. I don't really like want to leave. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Is it? Mm-hmm. So once we start going, it's, it's kind of hard to stop. <laughs> and do you come from penetration? Because you said earlier that you were kind of trained to do outside stuff but like do you can you mm-hmm. orgasm from inside stuff um with my vibrator i could come from penetration okay but since my partner is so heavy on top of me there's like a lot of 
that weight that I have to account for because it's a little bit distracting whenever, because uh-huh. I like it, uh-huh. but at the same time, it's like my downstairs gets a little numb. Totally. So I, yeah, I do have to have both. And recently he's been into stimulating me while being in me, but with his fingers. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, wanting to do that for me. And I asked him to use the vibrator, but he's like, I want to do it. I'm like, yes, but the vibrator is an extension of you. It's not replacing you. And he's, that's where I'm like still trying to learn like how to incorporate the the toys to it. Cause I want something different, but I still want it to him. Yeah. 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 Cause that's how I like having sex with him. Like I just want to know that both of us doing it at the same time. And I really like coming together. Ooh, like I okay. always try to make it a point to come together, but he is so sweet that he just wants me, like I'll come with him probably like three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized that I can do that quickly, like back to back orgasms. Cause oh, they wow. feel different. Like wow, one is just details. A, yeah. Yeah. So the outside stimulation, it, it feels like a lot of like pressure and, and not pressure, but like build up on the outside while he's in me, but I'll stimulate myself on the outside and I'll come from that. And then while he's in me, if he keeps a good rhythm going and while I'm stimulating, I'll orgasm again. Cool. And then if he's going harder, cause you know, he's getting close. If he gets closer, he goes faster. Mm-hmm. That like fast, hard tempo makes me come again. Yeah. So usually we can get about three in there and then he's just happy to do it. Like I told him like, you know, if I don't come all three times, don't think you did a bad job. Like I yeah. appreciate it. He's like, okay, I just want to make sure that you're, you feel good and you get, you know, what you want out of it while we're doing it. I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the first orgasm is the outside one. And then the second one is a combination. And then the third one is always the deep penetration. Cause usually the third one I'll be on top. Cause I do both my orgasms while he's on top. And yeah. then the third one I'll be on top. And then that's when he would like grab me and then just like throw it down. Huh. And then that one's the, yeah, that's the more like deeper one. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Do you feel like you also get like an extra boost when you know he's coming or about to come? Cause I feel like sometimes oh, that's what definitely. puts me over the edge too, where I'm like, now I'm coming too. Cause it's hot. Yeah. No, totally. Like I really like hearing his breath and, yeah. He always tells me I'm beautiful and I start, Mm. I get like a little, like I used to get shy, but while I'm on top and he tells me, I feel like I know kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm going to thank you for admiring me. It's like, no, you're already in me. We're already doing, you think I'm beautiful. Like I've gone to the point where I can like lay there and he has his arms out since he's so tall. It's like, we have like this gap between us where he can see all of me. Yeah. And I just feel good. That's where I start feeling like really good to be looked at where it's like I could come while he's that far distance away from me before it used to be, I could only come if he's right up on me because I used to be embarrassed about my face Hmm. and how my nose looked and like, my eyes, like I used to be embarrassed about what my face was doing. And I still love being with him though. So I was like accepting myself, but also at the same time, I felt like I still had room for growth, I Mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I shouldn't feel embarrassed about my partner. Like he's already doing all this with me. Like why am I embarrassed by it? You know, speaking of potentially embarrassing things, do you guys play with butt stuff at all? 
Uh, no, we do not. Like, okay. I tried butt stuff, and it just, like, hurts. I think I have, like, a really tight buckle or something. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Like, my other friend's <laughs> into it, and I'm, like, happy for her. Yeah. But whenever we are having sex and his, like, balls would hit mm-hmm. my, like, my outer area, yeah. my butt, it feels amazing. Okay. So it's, like, I think there is room for me to, like, experiment around that. Yeah. And maybe some penetration. But he doesn't like anything near his butt. Okay. <laughs> like, I'll tickle him just because I know he doesn't like it. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, I'll just, like, if I know he's in a mood and I just want him to laugh, I'll just start, like, tickling okay. him. And him. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So maybe some, like, massaging and see where it goes. Some, some yeah, gentle pretty out. much. Cool, cool. Yeah. But during, during sex, I feel like I'm more flexible and I could take a hit more. Like, the more of the stretching, more yep. of the yep. pounding. So I think maybe... I would have to look more into that butt play yeah. and, and introduce it. That's what I was talking about, like working out the kinks and stuff, like introduce the butt play at a certain time during intercourse. Yes. So I wouldn't do butt play by myself because I want to know that somebody's doing it to me. Got it. Yeah. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. That's how I learned. And I, I also just recently had anal sex for the first time in like a month and a half. And mm-hmm. I could feel the difference. And I think part of it is like mental nervousness. Part of it is that I was like, yeah a little bit stressed and like, you know, had some just sort of, I don't know, like working things out with the partner. And then basically I was just like, I need a butt plug and then Mm -hmm. decided I needed a slightly bigger butt plug and then needed to get like really turned on and like fucked while having that second bigger butt plug. And and then I was ready to go. But like, I was so sensitive to the point where it like wasn't a green light quite yet. And so we just mm-hmm. kept working up to it. And then I was like, oh, here's the thing I love now, you know, because it oh, took great. me like you months like to, to work into it. Yeah. 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 So I always just like to be like, yes, let me know how the exploration goes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've, yeah. Like uh, we were talking about the shame meter mm. and uh, I introduced the women that I was listening to the podcasting about women twice my age talking about their experiences. Well, I have some shame around my butt area because it's like, oh, that's where you poop. Yeah. Like the you always got to cover it up. Like there's always something about butt play that's gross or not is gross that people make, like, they make fun gross. of. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me to be interested in it makes me feel like I am on that shame meter yeah. Like I don't want my partner to start laughing at me when I'm being this vulnerable, but at the same time, he never really takes anything seriously. So that's just his personality and okay. that's just years of living together. But I was comfortable with the idea of butt play because I would listen to interviews of porn stars. Mm -hmm. And that's how I also began to be more comfortable with my body was listening to men and women porn stars on podcasts, talking about their experience of their own body, using it uh, pleasurably and while they're being recorded. So this one woman, I don't remember her name, but she's a pretty well-known porn star. She likes to go through the process of getting an enema because it kind of like excites her throughout the day. So whenever she is ready for the butt play, she's like ready to go. And she's just like all for it. And all day she's just been thinking about it. It's like her foreplay. Yeah, and I was just like excited to hear about something like that. Cause I've never heard about that at all Yeah, yeah. until I listened to the podcast. And it's, I think it's your mom's house and it's two comedians, like a husband, wife comedian. Awesome. And they're always showing like different walks of life, like, characters comedians porn stars men and women their experiences about like sex and they talk about body stuff i'm just so excited to like listen to two grown funny people have a good healthy conversation about 
the body. Yeah. So that also makes me like more comfortable in exploring what I could do with my body. That's not shameful. Totally. And yeah. that's how I found the porn star Owen Gray with the really huge dick. He's so <laughs> I recommend it to anybody who likes watching guys with tattoos. And he also chokes the girls too, but not to the point where it's like aggressive, mm-hmm. but it's like for pleasure. Yeah. So that's where it's like you're doing things, but you're also safe about it. Are you so. into things like choking and kinky things like that? I think so. I think I'm starting to get into the kinks. I am trying to like figure out where my footing is there and trying to like look up because I don't want to look up something that is degrading a person. But I also want to look I also want to be in the direction of what kinks can I try without making my partner feel like he's hurting me Mm. (laughs) because he's a big guy who's always worried about hurting me and I tell him like you can pull my hair you can hit me harder like I really like it and he's into it while we're having sex uh but before it's more playful like light-handed yeah. because he's afraid to hurt me <laughs> of course yeah so yeah. he hits you a little bit like what do you like yeah. what are you into so i really like the uh hitting on my ass like mm. if i'm bent over or if i'm standing up or if i'm laying down um i like it like on the sides of my uh thighs and my in the backs of my cheeks in the backs of my legs like little hits, like little taps, like while we're doing it to like a, a slap and grab kind of move. Yeah. So like, I could feel like I'm being like consumed by this person. Mm-hmm. And I also like getting hit hard on my butt whenever we're in that like aggressive sex mode. Yeah. Like whenever he's, whenever he's really into it, I could like feel the hits like harder. Yeah. And so after an orgasm, I can still kind of feel the sting of it. And that still turns me on. Cause I don't know, like I'll orgasm three times. And then when I'm done, like it's not actually done. Like I yeah. can still feel pleasure. So yeah. it's like those residuals. I like feel like, Oh, he like did that to me. And I just love it. Yeah, I don't know. This is also the same thing of being looked at. Like if I see like a mark on me and I'm like, Ooh, I like this. And he'll look at it and get excited. And then that's just keeps things going. Yeah. That sounds a little kinky. It sounds like there could be more there to explore. Something we yeah. haven't talked about yet is blowjobs. How do you feel about yeah. them now? I love blowjobs. I would give hand jobs in like high school uh-huh. and I, it wasn't really a hand job though. It was more of like, we're just going to touch each other yeah. and then not finish. Yeah. It was more yeah. of like, this was good until we're about to get caught and then leave. Mm-hmm. No, but I really like having penis around like my face and my mouth. I like it when he hits me with it on, me my, on my cheek because yeah. it makes a funny noise. Yeah. And he gets a <laughs> yes. giggle out of it. Me yeah. too. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. Me too. I like the, like the little wet sound it makes whenever it just hits you on the cheek or the mouth. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just try things out with him to see what, turns them on the most i listened to a podcast where this woman talked about giving her the best blowjobs that she learned from a gay man so i guess like this gay man wrote a book about it i can't remember exactly the title but it's something similar to that but she learned it from that book and then she talked about it on her podcast and then i was like that's some of the stuff i do already so i like playing with the head with my tongue and then i like i kind of like touching the bottom of it but not touching like the shaft because i just kind of like giving that stimulation without actually going for it mm. but before the blowjob i'll just like touch a little bit on top and i'll wait for him to get hard and then i'll start putting it in like the tip in my mouth and then i'll just start licking it and going around and he's cut like everything's exposed because he's cut so i'll just go around that sensitive part so i'll go around the head and then i'll go like on the tip of the penis and then I'll go back and then I'll just keep messing with that area and then I'll put the whole thing in my mouth and then he gets nervous that it's going to choke me but I don't complain and I don't gag so I just 
put it all in my mouth and I just keep doing that. And then I'll just do it until I'm ready to fuck them. And then I'll just get on them. And it's really fun. Great. That makes yeah. you so happy. <laughs> what, um, what else do you want to explore? So besides the butt stuff and I want to explore like more of the edging kind of things. Okay. Um, I haven't really researched a whole bunch. I've just like known kissing and touching and then waiting a little bit and then getting back to it. So I want to be like better at it and I want to like edge my partner better Yeah. just because I feel like the orgasms are more powerful and I know for a fact that he gets off on the fact that I get off. Yeah. So I want to get off better so he can watch me do it yeah. pretty much. Cause I discovered recently, I just enjoy being watched now, like with consenting, not other people, but like, if I'm wearing like an outfit like this, like mm -hmm. it's a crop top and my nipples are kind of showing, like if I'm out and about and I see somebody notice me and they know that I look good, I feel good about it. So it's more of like being seen yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But I also don't want to walk around with my tits out, you know, <laughs> like fully out. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> it's illegal. Uh, <laughs> Depends on where you are. <laughs> yeah, depending where you are. <laughs> I don't really know what else I want to explore okay. by myself, but with my partner, I definitely want him to be more aggressive or he doesn't feel like he's hurting me. Right. So like practicing safe words, what he would be comfortable using. Like I want to explore with him or also probably on the opposite note, explore and then tell him what to do to mm -hmm. me so i kind of like the role reversals where i like being in control and i like knowing that i'm getting him off and then having him flip it and then him doing whatever he wants to me yeah. so i kind of want to learn the language yeah what they like when to say it and because i feel like i know my body better now so i want to know like what are the right words to explore that area i guess yeah like what would what would be a good script i guess something yeah. to go off of but not copy exactly and like what works yeah. for you what works for him and what do you come up with in the moment like that's the like I, sexual creativity that i'm sure you have a lot of because you're a creative human <laughs> yeah you said that you like being watched by him do you guys ever make dirty little videos together or is that something you'd be open to or into or what do you feel about that I would be into it and my boyfriend is so paranoid okay. about it. Okay. So whenever I was on a trip in Italy, like two years ago for an art photography class, I was so sexually frustrated. <laughs> week I got there. I was so angry because we had all these walking trips and all of these like beautiful people were all around and there was teenagers kissing in front of these wonderful buildings. And I missed my boyfriend so much. I saw all these beautiful, sexual, nude, like empowerment kind of things there with all the artwork and all of like the sensuality of the body from like centuries ago, like old, old, old shit of still look at these breasts, look at my muscles. Yeah. And I'm just oh like, I want to be caressed. I want to be yes. loved. Like I'm in the city of love. Where the fuck is my boyfriend? And I would call him and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go in the shower. Do you want can you like video chat with me? And he was like, sure. So I had him come for me on video while I masturbated in the shower. Hot. That's so fun. And it fun. was so awesome. And he was like, he wanted to do it because I wanted to do it. Yeah. And then when I got back, he was like, I can't believe we did that. What if somebody found it? What if somebody watched it? I'm like, who would watch it? Like, how yeah. would anybody get it? Yeah. So he's like a worrier, okay. I guess. And I'm more of like, let's just try it. And if anything bad happens, we'll just deal with it. 
So I think I'm more on the let's explore, and he's like the careful one. I get it. Um, get it. Well, you got to default to your partner's cares, and I I yeah. know that I'm in a privileged spot as artists. We're li- we're given a little more free license to be like, well, I can't help it. I'm naked and sexual <laughs> everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, but I think for, aside from that, I learned that I liked him coming in front of me. So uh, recently, we were having sex. And it was so hot because he just couldn't hold it in anymore. And I was on top and we usually wait to put the condom on. We give it like by the first time it orgasm. So it's like, all right, condom on. Cause he's really good at holding it for that long of period of time. And he just couldn't hold it anymore while I was on top and he lifted me up. So that was hot. And then he just came <gasps> and I just watched him have an orgasm. And I was like, I'm so blown away right now. Cause he's just like the kid it contained everything and i loved it because i got to watch him and usually he's the one watching me have three orgasms and i'm having watching him have one intense because he was trying to hold it back and i was like no no no, just go for it if you have to come like we're not putting on your condom i just want you to come for me and if i put on the condom now you know you might lose momentum and i want you to feel good yeah and he was embarrassed by it but i am trying to tell him that he shouldn't be because I enjoyed it. Yeah. But in the moment, I felt like he did a disservice to me. And I was like trying to explain to him that every time we have sex, if I don't get off, that doesn't mean we didn't have sex. Right. You know? Right. So, you know, just in the in the kinky stuff, I still like want to respect my partner, but at the same time I want to explore. Totally. Like having him do stuff in front of me and having him watch me. It's it's like practice, a good practice, not the try and fail practice yeah. where you feel shame. But it's like, I want it to be the fun practice where if you fail, you could try again. That's what I always yeah. hope to like help people feel, you know, the more we talk about sex. And I think that that's like a beautiful yeah. perspective for you to share and highlight. And that's like, yeah, 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 I feel you. I agree. Can you speak a little bit about your artist self and your sexual self and whether they have a relationship for you? So making my artwork I definitely didn't really understand what I was making until I was in my junior year of college I was doing a lot of assignments where it was color theory and learning computers and blah 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 all the boring stuff get the work in turn it in until we got to the experimental stuff and I noticed that I was always drawing painting sculpting things that were bothering me and I noticed my other classmates were doing things about family and memories and some of them did touch on their miscarriages and their divorces and their parents like disabilities and traumas and they would talk about them but every now and then I would have a classmate who would talk about their sexual trauma and I wasn't ready to talk about my sexual trauma then but I was only talking about traumatic things that happened in my family home so when I still felt numb about my body, I would only focus on homes, objects in the home, the walls in my home. I remember my aunt had this really ugly wall where it was like those finger waves, but it was like this ugly blue color and it was old and crackly and she had popcorn ceilings. And I just remember just like knowing it wasn't my home, but I was living there. But that's what I was always touching on was something that was bothering me whether it be like the relationship with my brothers and sisters and their bodies reflected my body. Mm. I wouldn't really draw landscapes or birds, like the traditional stuff. I was always making up these weird like portraits of women that were me, but they were like 
they also had like holes in their body that would like represent a skeletal frame, but there was like, you know, like cheese Swiss holes in them where it was like deteriorating, but it was at the same time, it looked like it was building. And I didn't really know what that was until I kept doing it. Yeah. And I would get frustrated and I would tell my instructor, like, I feel like I'm repeating myself and I feel like I'm not going anywhere. And she had told me like, you can do the same project over and over, but it'll be different each time. Yeah. And I didn't realize it was evolving until I had finished those pieces and talked about them. Wow. Yeah. So that's how I really see myself as an artist where I'm just still processing all of these traumas and stuff that my body's reacting to. Cause I can't function without it. Like I would have a really bad day. Like some days I'll wake up and I'll feel that finger inside me that molested me. And I would have a really bad day because of it, because I could like physically feel it. And that kind of like trick that my brain is doing is telling me like, I haven't processed it if yeah. it's still coming up. And I would have these classmates, like when I talked about my family trauma and I told them, I didn't know if it was okay or not to bring this sort of like vulgar thing up. And she's like 30, 40 years, my senior and mm -hmm. told me that her grandmother still brings up traumas when she was a little girl and her family members don't talk about it. And yeah. I was like, shit, that'll stay with you until you're 80. Yep. Like I yep. had no idea that lived inside your body until I talked to these women. So yeah, like I, I always had to process it in some way. Like when um, I was molested as a child by another woman, I would always draw women hugging or kissing each other. And I would always draw like these sexual pictures um, that were shown to me and I would recreate them because I was trying to figure out what happened, but I didn't know what I was doing that. I thought I was drawing it because my friends thought it was cool. I knew how to draw porn. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Like I would have a lot of my brother's friends. I have two older brothers. They would have friends and they're, they would just ask for stupid shit and I'd draw it. And whenever I drew something, I was hoping somebody would see it and like want to be my friend. And if it was porn and the guys liked it, I, they just wanted to be around me because of it. So I didn't know I was doing that until recently to process all that, I guess. But I had to learn how to process it a healthy way, yeah. which art school was really beneficial for. So whenever I started sculpting, I was looking at my body in an abstract way. So I had a project where I took like used chairs from a thrift store and used stools that were probably about two feet high. Like they're really weird stools that weren't really functioning well, but they were still selling them, you know, probably for decorative purposes, you know, like the yeah. farmhouse aesthetic. Oh yeah. There's a lot of those screens out there, a lot of those like makeshift whatever things. So I'd buy those and I would just sculpt on that trash and I would uh mirror it to like my body. Like I felt like my body was this chair. Hmm. Like it's in a <laughs> it was in a dump and I'm just covering it up with shit. And it's in like a sea of chairs. Like I really did feel like my family members would come to me, sit down with me tell me their problems and move on. And so since I'm the oldest daughter, but I'm like the middle child because I have two older brothers and a younger sister and the artwork really did help. Mm. So that's what happened in uh, sculptures that I took those feelings of, Oh, I'm watching my sister grow up. I can't take care of her anymore. My dad is never good. He's going to be like, chronically like ill the rest of his life my mom's gonna be a single she feels like a single parent because my dad's disabled so she's yeah. doing yeah. two parent job yeah. and I'm like I can't take care of everybody and also like be a person so that's why I felt like this chair that was being sat in so many times and then this my dad now was here for all of us so that's where like the shift came where it's like I had a positive male in my life that I could feel comfortable talking with 
and who encouraged me to go to art school and then encouraged me to find my voice in making art. And I do like separate drawings and I just send them to him and he's happy to look at it. Like he loves my artwork and I'm just so happy I have a supporter. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, and my mom supports me too, but she wasn't really on board because I was drawing naked women when I was in high school and she asked me if I was gay and I was like, I don't know, but I guess I'm going to say no, but I was like discovering the body. So like, a lot of my artwork, I feel like if you get to know me and talk to me and then look at my artwork, you're like, that's a uh, different <laughs> than what I thought you would make. Yeah, but that's beautiful. And that's why it's just like, so it's such a gift for us to hear all of that. What hopes do you have for your sexual self for the rest of your life, like going forward? I really hope that I still stay in love with my body because I know that I'm not where I want to be, but I am still comfortable with what I look like and how I feel like. I've been having this problem recently whenever I'm stressed out and I ignore it, my my heartbeat starts getting really fast and then I can't concentrate and my body is like sending me all these alerts and I'm like, oh shit, I need to take care of myself. Oh yeah. So I really hope I do continue to keep like a sound mind and like continue to like be curious about my journey in this body like I'm trying to teach my sisters like you're gonna be in this body the rest of your life like you gotta be cool with it somehow and I recently got like from January to March I got three tattoos and in doing them I really did feel the uh, excitement and the loving and embrace that I have for my body then yeah then I was 10 years ago when I was like 50 pounds lighter and like barely, you know, staying awake Mm. and hating myself and only masturbating to feel something where now it's like, I really hope I continue to like stay healthy and stay like on my feet where I can actually stand up and like be appreciative of what I have. And I'm still trying to work through some of my insecurities and they don't, they're never really in the back of my mind. They just pop up. So like, I'm not insecure about something unless it blindsides me. And I'm not really worried about what other people in my family think about my tattoos because my mom's side fucking love them my boyfriend's family on his side they're not really for it but I don't really see them so it doesn't really matter that much but I really hope the further I go in discovering what makes me feel good is positive because I had a lot of negative experiences recently Mm. I ate too many edibles and I fucked myself up for a couple days oh no Yeah, it was really bad. And my boyfriend and I did them together. And they really did sneak up on me. And I didn't realize how slow my metabolism was. And uh, that was like a lose for me. But I was, I have to like think perspective wise, I'm in a safe space where I can try that and be okay. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep it up because those insecurities of, oh, I can't do anything. Because if I fuck up, I'm going to be in trouble. Like that for some reason still stays in my mind. And I'm trying not to be in that shit puddle because it does not feel good for me or my partner yeah like I hate it so much that I still feel that and I also just want to feel really good in my body like I brought up the tattoos because getting them it put so much physical stress on me I felt like I was having a panic attack Mm. and it felt exactly how like 110% it felt exactly how I was when I was emotionally stressed so I didn't realize how physical my body was like stressing out over the emotional shit yes So I want to continue to like listen to that. Yeah. And like figure out how to be positive because I really fucked myself over for about a year being angry at shit that really hurt me. I also looking forward, I don't want to fall into like 
a different kind of gender role thing that has been bothering me lately where I feel like I'm taking up a lot of the house duties because my boyfriend has a new job. So I don't want to feel stuck in that. I want gender roles to go fuck themselves. And I really want my body to be comfortable and safe in my home. And I want dishes to not bother me as much as they do because they're just fucking plates. And that's what I want. I want to feel happy in my safe space that I worked so hard on. And I, I really, really want for me and my partner to feel comfortable living together because we're still changing. So that's what I want. (laughs) What's the opposite of a shit puddle for you? I think that phrase is so funny, but rather than staying out of the shit puddle, what would you like to live in? Like maybe a, a awesome cloud. Um, What's your version? Yeah. I want to thrive in like a euphoric, not really like a heavy mist, but like a beautiful light mist that has all of these wonderful orgasmic colors and beautiful songbirds that just tell me like the right way to go. Love that. (laughs) I'm seeing like a rainbow light mist of euphoria that is one with (laughs) nature and the universe. Okay. I'm into it. Yeah. Okay. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sexual advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? So I would probably pick however old you are in fourth grade. And I would definitely tell that young girl that we're definitely going to make it. And to just to actually just trust your instinct because fear fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a sex question for me? What would be a good butt toy to buy for beginners? (laughs) Okay, well, I think this depends on your sensation preferences. Do you like, I would say a small butt plug is like the clear straight answer, but do you prefer like metal or like something that has a little bit of give? Because I can see value to both of them. Metal is like kind of cold. It feels really solid. Mm -hmm. Some people are more into that. I like the ones with a little jewel on the end, but then some people Mm -hmm. want the little like silicone, they're called anal beads. And so they're balls that get smaller and they get a little bigger. So you can kind of find the size, you know, go at your own pace, basically. Probably probably the second one. Okay. Yeah. Whenever something cold touches me down there, it just like my body doesn't react well to it. Yeah. It's it's a a just shocking sensation. Yeah. 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 And so Uh it just depends on. Yeah. Uh So I would do that with a lot of lube and find, you know, find a lube that does not have glycerin in it. You want to keep yeast infections out of your vagina and anything in that region. I I would say it's going to depend on the material of your toy. Usually my partners bring the lube. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I would say get a little butt plug and a lot of lube. And then I personally do like playing with my own asshole. It is not my asshole origin story, but it was when I finally stopped being afraid of my own asshole that like I could sit with my own nervous feelings, but be in control of it. And kind of like for me, it was a lot of like seeing how messy it might get at a a certain moment. And so just, yeah. like, feeling the feelings of, like, discomfort in my body of, like, am I pooping? And then, like, saying, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I'm not. I'm just, you know, like, as I, like, play with my own anal toys. Yeah. That was what calmed my nervous system down enough to sort of, like, be, like, uh, ready for a cock. <laughs> right. Okay. That sounds like something I can play with. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I practiced, like, fingering myself with my boyfriend just a little yeah. bit by myself. Yeah. And then bring it to the table. Yeah. Exactly. Great. Exactly. And I will say the thing you mentioned about just like massaging around the outside. So good. So such a fun yeah. way to start. Fuck yeah. Okay. 
Okay, cool. Josie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. It was a lot more eye-opening to just hear myself talk about it rather than only feeling it. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Lovely humans. Thank you for listening. If you appreciate the work that I put into this podcast, I would love it if you took the time to leave us five stars and a nice review wherever you get your podcast, especially Spotify, since last year's troll attack on our ratings is still affecting our ability to be found via search. <laughs> I do love getting to know you and hearing your stories and meeting you lovely humans in real life. And remember, if you want to collaborate, apply to be a guest or leave us a single story voice memo via xstoriespodcast.com or sexstoriespodcast.com. Sex stories are always going to be my favorite, but now I also have question lists for love, friendship, dating, relationships, marriage, divorce, secrets, and so much more so that we can learn about connection through each other's experiences. I fucking love getting your emails and voice memos and receiving thoughtful noodle messages. It truly is hearing from you that fuels this work for me. And if you want to go deeper with me, get to know me, and support this podcast in meaningful, concrete ways, find me on Patreon, OnlyFans, FetLife, Venmo, Cash App, and all social media platforms at Wiley, or work with me privately for photo and video shoots, relationship support, creative breakthrough sessions, and retreats. Wiley.com slash links is where you can find the list of all the ways to play with me, and the link is in the description below. Thank you for joining me to spread ripples of love, to co-create a world where taking care of each other is the norm. Thank you for spoiling and inspiring me with your stories and your support. Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and remember to share stories in the name of lovely human connection. 